This is the Cleveland Guardians Fancast with your host, Quincy Wheeler, a podcast about the Cleveland Guardians and their fans. Welcome to the Cleveland Guardians Fancast. I'm your host, Quincy Wheeler. You can find us at Guardian Fancast on Twitter. You can email me at Quincy at GuardiansFancast.com. Just a reminder that the email address has an S after the Guardians, and the Twitter account has no S because Twitter cannot fit that amount of characters in a handle. So just a little clarification there. I think I've messed it up somewhere on the description of the episode, so I'll make sure I've got that email correct for anybody who was wondering about that. The Cleveland Guardians won again. They played the Royals. The key for success this season is just playing the Royals as often as possible. So that's a good week for that strategy to come about. It was funny to see the the Royals decide that they weren't going to pitch to Jose Ramirez anymore as Jose got an intentional walk in the first inning. Hopefully more teams don't catch on to this because that really is probably the key to trying to keep the Guardians from beating you is just not pitching to Jose Ramirez. But thankfully today it didn't work out. Austin Hedges hit a big three-run homer. Oscar Gonzalez had a couple big hits. Ernie Clement had a couple big hits. Was a little disappointed when I saw the Ross the uh, lineup come out because I saw that uh, Mercado was batting, and I was really hoping that Stephen Kwan would get a chance to play because it looks like he's kind of turning things around. So wasn't especially thrilled to see Mercado in the lineup, but the lineup turned out well and scored eight runs. So you can't really argue with the results, although the process might still be an issue. Like the way that Tito's using Ernie Clement in general. Uh, maybe he's starting a little bit more than what I'd have, but today it was Ernie getting a chance to play third while Jose got a chance to DH, get him off his feet a little bit, which I always approve of. And that's the great thing about Ernie Clement is that he can play anywhere on the middle field, on the middle infield, on the corners, and also play in the outfield. So he's a good player to have around for that reason. As I've said about Ernie Clement, I've become convinced that he is the utility infielder for this team for the future because probably not going to hit enough to be a starter, but will occasionally hit the ball and makes good contact. That makes you an excellent utility infielder. You don't want somebody like Andres Jimenez or possibly even Owen Miller, although we'll see, to be your utility infielder because they might be too good of a hitter to stick in those situations. Jerry's still out on Owen Miller. He may end up being a utility infielder, but I think Jimenez ultimately is going to hit too many homers and play too exceptional of a defense at shortstop to be a utility guy. He'll be a starter with some team, whether it's Cleveland or not remains to be seen, but hopefully he can learn to lay off those high fastballs, take some walks, and continue to hit home runs as he's been able to, and we'll have a shortstop of the future. Really spending my time thinking about how the Guardians are going to handle the trade deadline coming up. Just so interesting to me. 
because you've got so many players you're trying to figure out like exactly how they fit on the team and who is part of the future and where do you need to shore things up that it's not necessarily clear and yet you know that you're going to have a huge 40-man crunch after this offseason where you already had a huge 40-man crunch so you've got to move some of these younger players to help shore up other positions so is it possible that they start moving some older prospects for younger prospects and try to keep the train going I think that's in the realm of possibility. I think that you can 100% say they need to add some more slug to the lineup somewhere. Some more somebody who's got more home run potential needs to get added to this roster to the collection of prospects coming up. Then you can say for sure that it'd be good to have some more catcher depth, even if you believe in Brian Lavastida and Bo Naylor in the minors. We just need some more options there. So somebody who's pretty decent catcher either a decent major league catcher or somebody just about to get there that you could get on the roster would be great so and then pitching you can always use pitching you can always use starting pitching you can always use relief pitching anything like that is always welcome the team's going to target all those needs and we'll see how much they do over the next couple months to work those things out if they put them off to the offseason. I'll be working on trying to get a trade manifesto going to describe what I think might happen, some options that I think might be out there, and some guys that I would be kind of keeping my ears and eyes open to see if they end up on the trading block for Cleveland. It's been really exciting to see Oscar Gonzalez hit well for the Guardians so far. If you've been a listener, you know that I've been saying, hey, we should give Oscar Gonzalez a shot. I don't expect him to be great. I expect him to probably struggle and be more of a bench player because he's not willing to take walks, it doesn't look like, and not really a great defensive player. Well, so far he's making it work. So far he's hitting the ball hard, and he's even made a pretty good defensive play where he made a good throw to Austin Hedges. He got the runner out of the plate. And... Um, so that's good that he's defying expectations, and I hope he continues to do that. hope he proves me wrong every single way. He seems like a kid who is unbelievably easy to root for. Told people that he's going up to a walk-up song of SpongeBob SquarePants to make kids feel good. So you can't argue with that, and he seems like he's just a, a big bundle of energy and joy, which breathes a lot of life into your clubhouse, that's for sure. I want to note that Austin Hedges had a big hit today, and he doesn't often get a lot of hits, but man, watching Austin Hedges behind the plate just reminds me of why you stick with a guy like that, why you continue to hope he might do something a little bit better at the plate, because his defense is just so amazing and so elite that if he could just get his WRC Plus more in the 70 range, he would be an absolutely, you'd be fine with that, he'd be an absolute mainstay on this team. So, kind of hoping that can still happen. Kyle Quantrill didn't have the greatest of games, but he hung in there and managed to work his way through some trouble. Got to see Hinches pitch well and got to see Eniel De Los Santos just absolutely dominate the competition as he's been doing lately. Kind of working himself into more of those late inning roles. Now, I will say that it kind of ruined my idea a little bit that Eli Morgan didn't get a chance to pitch today. I kind of thought he might pitch no matter what, but hopefully if there's a high leverage situation on Wednesday, we'll see Eli Morgan pitch because I really think they're trying to work him into being one of those back-end guys, and that's why he didn't pitch a couple innings. 
So we'll hold out hope for one more day. And of course, if the Guardians win by a blowout or lose by a blowout, then we guess we still won't know the answer of why exactly they didn't have the Morgan pick a couple games. So that's some analysis kind of going into things. And as we continue through the uh, months of the baseball season, we've finished May. So let's take a look at some of the best performers and worst performers for the Guardians in May. So in the month of May, here's how the hitting shook down for the month. Jose Ramirez with an 174 WRC plus. He had six homers, six stolen bases, 23 RBI. He walked 15.7% of the time and struck out 5.9% of the time. He did all this and had a batting average on balls in play of 216. Uh, guys, Jose Ramirez is amazing. He also put up 1.4 wins. <laughs> Just an incredible, incredible player, an incredible, incredible month. And he had found time in there to slump a little bit and yet still ended up with those kind of numbers. He's just amazing. Josh Naylor, 156 WRC+. He's been slumping a little bit lately, but also continues to keep his strikeout rate at 13.8 and his walk rate at 9.2. He's been taking those walks, and he's going to be fine, feeling great about him being the first baseman in the future. 112 WRC plus in May, Fran Mil Reyes. And all that, um, even though we know that, hey, the guy didn't quite get uh, some of the hits that we were hoping that he would get, and he ended up getting injured by the end of the month, still kind of showing that, hey, don't give up on Reyes yet. 111 WRC plus, Andres Jimenez. We know about him. We know about his late inning heroics. 24.1% strikeout rate, 3.8 walk rate. Man, if we could just get that walk rate up around 5 and maybe lower that strikeout rate to a little closer to 20 than 25, I would be feeling just so amazing about him. But still, put, on, put up almost a win above replacement in May. Good month for Andre Simnes. 74 WRC+, plus, Ahmed Rosario. 70 WRC+, plus, Richie Palacios. 64 WRC plus Oscar Mercado, 59 WRC plus Miles Straw, rough month for Miles Straw, but confident he'll pull out of it. 58 WRC plus Stephen Kwan, rough month for Stephen Kwan. Hopefully he's beginning to pull out of it and figure things out again. Still had a 10.6 walk rate, 7.1 strikeout rate. That's what he's capable of doing. Just wasn't really able to get some hits to fall and didn't put a lot of pop on the ball. He did have a batting average of balls in play of 176 in the month of May, so didn't get especially lucky. 58 WRC plus for Owen Miller and rough month for Owen Miller. Kind of a step back. Wonder if part of it might have been moving into that cleanup role. And finally, a 44 WRC plus for Austin Hedges. So. Those are your players who got at least 30 plate appearances in the month of May. And that's kind of where the batting shook out. What, kind of what we know. Jose Ramirez is incredible. Josh Naylor and Andres Jimenez are good. Fran Reyes will be fine. And some question marks, some things you're kind of figuring out about the rest of the team. Confident that Ahmed Rosario, who's been super unlucky in so many ways, is going to figure things out and be kind of a league average bat when it's all said and done. He just keeps barreling up the ball but not getting anything to show for it. 
Uh, he actually managed to get some extra base hits in the game against the Royals, so hopefully that's a sign of things turning around for him and for the team uh, as they have him pitch for them, uh, play for them. Sorry. All right, so let's take a look at what we have for the Guardians pitchers for the month of May um, and kind of take a look and see what we have and who's been performing well. At fielding independent pitching, um, our best performer for the month of May was Eli Morgan with a 1.14. Uh, his fielding independent pitching was excellent for the month, and he managed to end up with an 11.25 strikeout rate at, for 9 and 0.75 walk rate for 9. Just a great month for him. 1.32 fielding independent pitching for Class A. 1.8 for Anthony Castro. 1.94 for Eniola de los Santos, uh, 2.66 for Sam Hinches, 2.97 for Shane Bieber, 301 for Trevor Steffen, who's been falling apart lately but had an amazing start to the month in the year, 3.81 for Cal Quantrill, 4.11 for Tristan McKenzie, had one bad start in the middle that kind of messed that up, but overall he's been pretty pretty great. 4.28 for Aaron Savale. Might be surprised to hear him down there, but kind of shows how unlucky he's been getting. 5.24 for Zach Plesak. He's a fifth starter. He probably better use his bullpen arm. 5.57 for Anthony Ghost, who ran into some walk issues. 6.48 for Brian Shaw. I have to say props to Brian Shaw for keeping his walk rate down around one for the month. And then Nick Sandlin, 9.14. Nick Sandlin has been getting absolutely unbelievably lucky because he has a 1.23 ERA for the month of May, and the numbers say it should be more around nine runs per nine. And that's primarily driven by the fact he's got a 4.91 strikeout rate for the month of May and a 15.95 walk rate. So he walks about 16 batters if he pitches nine innings. Not good month for him. Hopefully he's figuring out what to do uh, and to get things under control because whew, that was about as bad as it could be. So hopefully that's kind of revealed to you some of the things that are going on as far as the month of May goes. You can't make final conclusions about any player based on any month. Owen Miller had a great month of April and a bad month of May. So now it's a good chance to look at the month of June and say, okay, well, what's Owen Miller going to show us about who he is? Same thing with Stephen Kwan. Really bad month of May. That gives him a chance to bounce back and show what he's really capable of. Guys spending time on the roster right now, especially with Reyes out, Oscar Gonzalez, Richie Palacios. Let's give a chance to see what they can do and how they can kind of uh, show where they belong on this roster and for the future of this team. I'm excited to see it, excited about the month of June where the Guardians will be able to play some teams that are not very good, and hopefully that'll get us a chance to let some of these guys get comfortable so the next time that we come up against a division rival like the Twins, that's really good. Next time that we come up against some really great teams that these guys are in comfortable spots and willing to kind of demonstrate what they're capable of as we look forward to the rest of the season unfolding and figuring out who's going to be a part of the future for the Cleveland Guardians. This has been the Cleveland Guardians FanCast. You can find us Monday through Friday on any podcast service that you prefer. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, like, and download so that we can continue to produce these podcasts for your enjoyment.